what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. This episode of Creating Wellness Podcast is sponsored by Incredible Edibles in Hickory, North Carolina. Incredible Edibles is the best place to visit to get great tasting food and drinks that benefit your overall wellness. Incredible Edibles offers frozen yogurt, smoothies, and kombucha on tap with a broad array of healthy benefits and snacks and the best CBD products from around the country. Come visit us at our brick and mortar location in the beautiful Holler Mill, where we have COVID-friendly personal life service that includes safe in-store shopping, curbside pickup, and limited distance same-day delivery. Or you can visit us online at IncredibleEdibles.com for online shopping, interesting blog posts, and more information about Incredible Edibles. So welcome to the Creating Wellness podcast. I am here today with Amy Chang. Um, Amy is a health coach in Hickory who is passionate about helping people to change their lives through health. Amy brings invaluable knowledge to this type of coaching, pulling from her experience as an ICU nurse, CrossFit trainer, and mother of three. She has created a practice that truly helps individuals move towards health and wellness. So Amy, thank you so much for coming in today and having this conversation with me. Um, So I have to admit that until I spoke with you, I really didn't know what a health coach was. I mean, I'm surrounded by coaches, right? My Mm -hmm. husband is a coach at LR. Um, My kids all play sports. I coach. Like, coaching is part of my life for sure. Um, I've had a life coach, Mm -hmm. but I had never heard of a health coach. So can you uh, give us an idea of what a health coach does? Yeah. Um, So when I think about coaches, I think about softball coaches or soccer coaches or how I coach in the gym at CrossFit Hickory. Um, And that's uh, a more a telling, like you go run to first base (laughs) and stop, or you go get batting practice. Um, And health coaching is different from that, which is what I love. So health coaching um, originated about 25 years ago. And, you know, back then, there it was well-established to have, like, executive coaches, business coaching, life coaching, all that kind of stuff. And health coaching sort of, like, sort of came from that and has its own, like, little niche in your health. And so, let's see, to nutshell this, there are a few things that I think point out the differences in health coaching. For one, I always say to people, is it fluff or is it science? And the answer is yes. <laughs> Wait, health coaching is fluff and science? Health coaching okay. is fluff and science. So the, the fluff part is that um, you have a listener. You have an ally in that coach. And that coach, uh, one of the foundations of health coaching is that the client has everything they already need. Mm-hmm. They're already perfect. They already know how to solve their problems. They're just a little stuck in how to get there. So my job as a health coach and it, coach is to listen and listen and listen and listen. And when I say listen, I mean deeply listen. So I listen to what you're saying like, um, well, yeah, I get up every day at 8 
And sometimes I don't get up at eight because I'm too tired because I didn't get in bed until 10 the night before. So I listen for content, but I also listen for emotion and commitments. So I listen for the emotion of, God, I can't believe I didn't get up again. I'm so ashamed. Mm-hmm. Or what is wrong with me? Or why can't I do this? So I can um, direct the client to stop and look at that and relate to them so that they really feel heard. So I can do that kind of listening. And then I can completely go into, okay, so let's look at full circle here. What are you doing? Why are you doing? What time are you doing? And that's how it sort of moves into the structure. The science part is all based in psychology, positive psychology, change theory, years and years of, you know, research and reframing and really stopping and being mindful Mm -hmm. about really how people are feeling about stuff. The hidden cues and triggers and commitments they are not seeing for themselves. Right. So then we do smart goals. We do plans. We do backup plans. We do backup plans for backup plans so that. When you leave, you've got the structures you need to put in place what you said you wanted to put in place and haven't done before. And you also have the feeling of being heard and known and confident. Right. So it's fluffy and it's science. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny because as, I mean, I was a therapist for many, many Mm -hmm. years and the fluff you talk about sounds a lot like you know, what a therapist does, Mm -hmm. you know, is really listening and validating and, and giving people feedback, you know, about what, where, where you see they get hung up and, and having them stop and really examine what they're saying and what their belief system is. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so I think it sounds like that, that's a big part of what you do is, is that some, some people would call therapy. Yeah. Um, I think the difference I just read, actually, I've been studying for my national board. So I was just reading some key points that differentiate therapy from coaching. And one of the things that I saw that I thought was a really good example was that coaching is forward. Yeah. So where therapy may deal, actually deal with the things of the past. Right. Coaching will recognize the things of the past. Like, oh, yeah, you you feel This is a perfect example. When my kids are home, I eat sweets like nonstop. And I actually think it's uh, based in that old time of having them as toddlers. You know, when I had my youngest, Molly, my oldest, Maggie, was uh, like three and a half. So, I mean, we popped some suckers out. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and I was busy. And I think there were a lot of times where I was just like every other mom, really, no matter when you had your kids, but especially if you've got a lot crammed together of uh, where you're like sleep deprived, you, you are like hanging on by a thread. You're trying to mother people who like are kicking you. Yes. <laughs> it's not fun at all. And my go-to coping mechanism was I would go in the bathroom and eat a bowl of Lucky Charms. Because <laughs> you know I did not allow them to have Lucky right. Charms. And like stashed in them. Just like eat them as fast as I could. So um, I know even now as a 20, an 18, and a 16, when they come home from boarding school or college, like my sweets go through the roof. Isn't that interesting? So when I'm with my therapist, I can work on, you know, um, 
really delving and pulling apart that past. And when I'm with a coach, I can work on, oh, okay, so the trigger is the kids come home. The anxiety level goes from, you know, four to like 12 and a half on a scale of 10. Right. (laughs) And um, you, you deal with that anxiety by eating. What else can you do? What other times have you dealt with anxiety and what has worked for you? Right. Yeah. So, so it's like, I mean, it, I think that's also part of therapy, which is, is teaching people coping skills, right? Recognizing what the emotions are, naming them, and then finding alternate ways to manage hmm. those feelings. Um, so it's very skill-based. Yes. It can be. And that, and that sounds like that mm-hmm. that is a big piece of what coaching mm-hmm. is. You're recognizing where the person is. Um, and, and it's okay. Yeah. Like that's one thing I find that I do very well and that I uh, sort of find a calling for is like letting people know like, it's okay, dude, you just downed an entire row of Oreos. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's all right. Yep. I get it. You don't want to do that again. And we'll we'll look at that. But for a minute, you can't start a new action out of, God, I'm so terrible. Out of shame. You You can't. Right. It, you, well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take that one back. You can start a new action out of shame, but I don't know that it will be sustainable. And I know that it will not um, have you feel the fulfillment yeah. that you really do kind of want to have. So so where where does somebody need to start that a, a sustainable action from? Like, you know, if, if because I would imagine a lot of people come to a health coach saying like, oh my God, I've been trying to lose mm. 10 pounds for 10 years and I lose it and then it's back and then I lose it and then it's back and I just can't keep it off. Or, you know, I really want to get fit. You know, I just, I just can't, you know, I join the gym and I go religiously for three weeks and then I just stop. So like they, they, find themselves starting things and then, and then stopping, um, which does, you know, bring in, you know, I think there's exhaustion that comes with like trying and failing and trying and failing. And, um, and I would think of a health coach as someone like that, that's the kind of presentation you get, Mm -hmm. you know, like something having to do with health, um, fitness, weight, um, I don't know, medical, I'm not sure, but we can talk about that in a minute. But I would, I would think the presentation is more about, um, you know, not like, oh, I, I get anxious when I, oh yeah, you know, but yeah, no, about, yeah, people don't typically recognize that until really mm-hmm. it's just a sitting down and creating a space for them to discover that. And that's what I really do love is they really do have all the answers they need right over with them. My job is just to skillfully and lovingly be with them so mm-hmm. that they can step into that, you know? So your question, I think, was how do people get started when they come to me and they're having those feelings of like, oh, my gosh, I just can't do it. I don't know what to do. I've done this 50 times. I keep failing. And the place that they come from for sustainable change. Yes. Yeah, that was my original question before I went on a tangent. I got you. (laughs) Thanks for bringing me back. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, I think the place that I like to start people from is uh, you could call it acceptance. You could call it satisfied. You could call it nothingness so that we work on. And, you know, sometimes this takes the first four sessions 
Sometimes it takes the first three sessions. Sometimes people just drop it like that. But you, for me, I've seen my clients have the most results when we get them to a place of, yeah, you ate the Oreos. Oh, hey. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we, we science that up. And I encourage my people to science it up. You did this. This happened. Okay. So when you say science it up, you mean just look at kind of um, objectively. Yeah, it's just an like experiment. This happened, and then this happened. <laughs> the kids this, came home. Then, right. I ate the Oreos. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, and, and then, then my, and then this is what it did to my body, and then this is yeah. how I felt. Yeah, right? this is this. how I felt, and all of how I felt. Like, okay, let's look at the emotion. Let's yes. look at the body. Let's look at you know. Um, your energy level, let's look at how you, you know, all of it. This is how I was as a mom after I dogged out that row of Oreos. Can you tell this is a recurrent theme for me? (laughs) Like, you know, you know, because then I was pissed off at me, which meant I was pissed off at everybody, you know, and so, but not making it. And then I was a terrible mom and I'm so bad and blah, blah. No, I, I can't move forward from I'm a piece of poop. I cannot do that. And and for me personally, not willing. I am not willing to maintain the shame. Yeah. Well, that, that takes you know, work. I mean, it does. I have worked hard, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you've also recognized that that if you want improvement, if you, I mean, you know, I think you're speaking personally and I'm speaking personally. If there's something that I want to achieve, whether it's, you know, in my fitness life, whatever it is, um, you have to believe that you deserve it, right? So you can't, you can't move forward from, you can't, yeah. You can't, I always say you can't ice a poop sandwich. Because it's still good. a poop sandwich right. underneath there, <laughs> right. right? You can no put the icing on it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It can look good. But deep down, yep. it's just coming from not enough, not worthy. I can't. Something's wrong with me. Yeah. You know, and these are conversations that are there like all the time. And I think that's just our humanity. That is our humanity that sort of fights against that spirit that is um, – our guiding, intuitive, connectivity, belonging, enough, you know, that's in there. And then that humanity of not enough, don't fit in, right. everybody else can do it, not me, you know, something's wrong with me. That ju- They sort of just exist. And I don't think your humanity ever goes away. In fact, I worked with um, one of my clients this morning. It was fantastic because she was saying, yeah, I mean – I get up in the morning and the conversation starts about you don't want to get up. Don't get up. It's so early. Oh, my gosh. Why am I getting up? And she says, I convinced myself to get up out of bed. So her internal conversation. Uh And then I convinced myself to get in the car. And then I convinced myself to drive to the gym. And then I have to convince myself to get out of the car and go into the gym. And then I have to convince myself to actually start working out. So Mm -hmm. uh, what was beautiful was that – I said to her, you know, that's not going to change. But you keep choosing, and you can see her commitment here. Right. 
Yeah, that that's a lot of that work. That is her. Yes. And I, that's what I, I was like, God, that's a lot. <laughs> yes. And she was like, I know it's awful. And I'm like, no, no, it's not that it's awful. Look at how many times you had to choose what you were committed to. And every single time you chose, yeah. I'm committed to getting up and going to get my exercise done. Yeah. That's power right there. And she right. actually had already reframed some of what she did, because she did say that when she got to the gym for like the hour she was working out, she used to continually have that conversation about like, oh, like, oh I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, right? And so she's, she said, finally, one day she's like, I just said, I'm not going to have that conversation. This is not exercise. This is fun. And I am, you know, in my own zone. Um, in my own peacefulness, I don't have to talk to people. I, you know, this is my time and this is fun. And so I pointed out also to her, um, you reframe that for yourself mm-hmm. all by yourself. And there's some serious power up in there too. Yes. You know, so um, I do think the people acknowledging themselves for the things that they do is massive. I, I don't know that I know anyone who really acknowledges themselves well for the things they do, especially when you've done something and failed a bazillion times. Right. So did I answer your question? I, you know, I actually don't even remember what the original question was. I think it was about where, how, to, how to get people to make sustainable changes. Yeah, right, and where so they, they got to come from a place of, I did this and this is what happened. Mm-hmm. Not, I did this and I'm a poop sandwich. Right. And, and, right, so this is what happened, and, I mean, I think in that is that, you know, it's it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Everybody it's okay. makes mistakes. Everybody yeah. does things that they're not proud of. Like, okay. Yeah, it's like, okay, this human. didn't work for me, you know. Right. I ate this way, and now I'm 40 pounds up. Okay. Doesn't mean I'm bad. Right. Doesn't mean I'm powerless. Doesn't mean I'm, you know, oh, my, that girl looks great, and that one took the weight. Doesn't mean any of that. Right. Just means you did some stuff, and now you're where you are, and now let's let's roll. Yep, let's go. So, um, and and really, it depends on the person. You know, usually I do ten sessions in about twelve weeks. So we do the first six sessions every week. Okay, let me just back. Up. Okay, so, back so up. it's a time limited. So this health health coaching is the structure of it. Yeah, that's one thing I love limited. about it. Mm-hmm. It's not sort of this we're going to go on this journey together and it's never going to end. No. And who knows how long it'll take <laughs> and who knows. You know, and I do, you know, obviously as a therapist I do have to say like that there was part of that that I I mean the intimacy you, you create yeah. with the client yeah. and, and the kind of, you know, that I think for some people is really helpful. They just kind of need that every week. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, but there is this kind of weird unending, you know, how do you know when it's done mm-hmm. with, with the kind of psychodynamic therapy that I did. Um, so, so it, it is, that probably very nice uh, it's for great. both the client and <laughs> the therapist. Like, look, we have got 10 sessions. Let's go. Yeah. You know, like, let's knock this out. We're going to come committed. We're going to come ready to work. Yeah, it is nice. And um, for me, <laughs> you know, I, I can date you and not have to have right. any kind of a long right. term. <laughs> and I have to say, I have never had a client that I thought, like, I didn't want to coach them again. Yeah. And I think some of that is like when you become, when you share that intimacy and the way I get to listen to people, I get to listen to their spirit. 
You know, yes. it is just like the most, be- it's like touching the sun. Yes. It's the most beautiful thing. Yes. It, it's very intimate. It's very, it's very and intimate. particularly when they become vulnerable. Yes. Right? And then that's, yeah, that is when you connect yes. with them. And then, of course, you want to. Yeah. You want them to succeed and you, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. nice that, okay, we've done this piece of work. That's awesome. Can they come back? Oh, gosh, yes. Okay. So what we usually do is we do um, once a week sessions for six weeks, and then we do every other week for sessions seven, eight, nine, ten. So sometimes we work on the getting to nothingness mm-hmm. for six weeks. And really their, their main like big actions and big strides and big happens in seven, eight, nine, ten. Sometimes we don't have to work on that at all. It's like mm-hmm. two sessions and we're we're going. It depends on the person and sort of what they're bringing with them. Yeah. Like I bring a <laughs> girl when I travel I pack bags. <laughs> <laughs> so I bring a lot to <laughs> sift through. But some people don't. Right. Especially if you've done your work. You know, I've got a client now who's older. She uh just had a birthday and I think uh she was born in 43. So, you know, mid-70s, she's done her work. Yeah. And so there just wasn't a lot of sifting through. It was, uh, and I coached her differently. She actually did need from me more content. Right. She's very goal-oriented. Yes. She's like, this is, she She came in, this is what I need from you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I don't need the fluff. I don't, I've done my fluff. She's done her fluff. Yeah. And so there was some fluff to be done, not in the shame and the confidence realm, but in the, hang on, you just said that um, when you go to bed, you read on your iPad and you blah, 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 and you blah, blah, blah. Have you ever looked at what you could change to improve your sleep patterns? You know, so there was more listening for content, right. not listening. And and through that, we we've really made some great strides. I'm she's so I'm so happy for her. She's so happy. You know, it's good. So it it just depends. The those first six sessions could look like doing the heavy lifting, or it could look like we're, you know, sort of on the lighter layers. Mm-hmm. And then seven, eight, nine, ten are specifically two weeks apart because I now need them to create their own accountability. I now am ready, you know, getting them ready right. for what are you doing on your own? How do you make this sustainable? Session 10 is a closing session. It's one of my favorite sessions to do because you, like, close the chapter. Right. You, like, wrap it up. So you look at, like, where were you? Why did you come? What did you want? Where are you? Yeah. What have you gained? What are you going to do moving forward? So th- there's a time in that last session where they can say, well, you know what? We have completely conquered my fear of exercise, and I'm, I'm ready to look at nutrition. Let's start again. And so we can start again, right. or we can add sessions in. Um, most of the time, people wrap. Yeah. You know, it's, it's time for them to, like, take those baby deer legs and get strong. Right. And that, like, that's, a big, that's a big piece of work. It is a big you know? piece of work. And, and, and I want them to practice it for a while. Yes. And when, you know, because when you're on a learning curve all the time, dad, blast. Yeah. So I want them to hop on the curve and then maintain for a little while. And then they'll either call me back for one of two reasons. Either they're like, you know what, this has been awesome. And now it's been six months, nine months, a year. And I am really ready to tackle my nutrition now because mm-hmm. this exercise thing is in the bag. So we'll do that. Or they'll call me and be like, the wheels have run off the bus. 
<laughs> you know, I had um, one of my most favorite clients call me back almost a year to the day that we had started working with uh, each other before. And her work had just completely changed schedule. Now she was training somebody. She was at the plant a lot of hours and really working a lot of overtime. And it was challenging for her to find her exercise. And so she came to me to have some sort of brainstorming and sort of working through on like, how am I going to exercise? But Mm -hmm. really the work that she decided to do was, how am I going to relieve my stress? Because I'm about to stranglehold somebody. Right. And I would imagine exercise was a very, was one of her coping skills Mm -hmm. for, for managing stress. Yeah. Yeah. She's a, you know, a grown athlete, like a lot of people are, Mm -hmm. whether they realize it or not, they're a grown athlete. And um, most of the people I work with need outside. Yeah. And so she, she chose some actions around getting outside for lunch, you know, taking a walk, walking with a specific person so that she could talk or not talk, you know, eating her lunch in her car, but getting out of the plant. And you know that, so while that's, you know, I, I can see the, the brainstorming part of that and how that, you know, c- coming to that conclusion is, you know, can be easy. I mean, that's kind of almost an obvious choice. However, it can often take a lot for somebody to say, I'm out for an hour. I'm taking my lunch and I'm leaving. Particularly when there's this culture of you need to work. Go, 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 go. Everybody needs to keep working. What do you mean you're Mm -hmm. taking your lunch break? Selfish, lazy. Yes. Oh, it's such BS. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so I think it's probably helping her recognize that she – deserves this. Yeah. Not just the recognition of like, dude, it is okay. Right. But also putting into place the plan of, okay, to be able to take that 15 minute break, what do you need to do? Yeah. Who do you need to tell? What might get in your way? And maybe how do you respond to people who say negative things to you? Yeah. Putting that into the plan. Yeah. You know, how do you... So anything she dictates... uh, I, I, I just love that question. Like, what might get in the way of you doing this? Yeah. And then typically the answers I hear are, I might forget. <laughs> you know, like, okay. That's an easy one. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Um, uh, or um, the kids might need me. Somebody might walk in my office. My phone might ring. Uh, I said I was going to walk outside, but it might rain. You know, and so, like, these sound like the dumbest things But if you have a plan in your back pocket to whip out, then you're rolling. Even if the plan is, I'm going to stay through my break and then I'm going to leave 15 minutes early so that I can go by the gym or go by the church gymnasium and shoot hoops. I don't care, whatever it is. Um, But if you don't have that back pocket plan, the uh, percentage for success on that is you know, oh, yeah. much it's smaller. It's so easy to be like, oh, it's raining. Forget it. I'll you know, I um, I usually coach the early morning classes at CrossFit Hickory. Like, I, I've always loved it. I love early morning. And for me, when I'm in the gym, well, I guess when I'm in session two, I want that time to be the best time of their day. Like, it is such a privilege when people choose to start their day with you, right? And so I like to be very respectful of that. So, um I usually teach and then work out. 
it was so blasted cold this winter that I couldn't do it. I was standing, because you're standing coaching. Y'all are moving and and warm, but I'm standing, (laughs) right? And after two hours of standing in that cold winter gym, I was like, I'm going back home. Mm -hmm. And I even started packing coffee. with. So my first plan, you know, okay, so like, if you can imagine it, the problem is this. I'm not working out anymore in the mornings. It's too cold. Take coffee. Okay. So my first plan was I'm going to take coffee. And it did not work. (laughs) I was honestly for like a week and a half, 10 days. I was like, "Uh," you know, I didn't, I didn't exercise it. it, I mean, that was all it took to throw me off my game. And then I chose like, okay, well, Amy, go to lunchtime class. And in one side of my brain, I had it very concrete that, but I'm already at the gym. It does not make sense to go home. And still be in your gym clothes and then come back five hours later, you know, whatever. And I was just, I had to decide that that was dumb. And it was okay for me to go and teach and then come home and do a little work and then go get my workout and then grab a shower. So I started doing that. It worked like a charm. But it took me literally three weeks of like coaching through and trying different plans. Isn't that interesting? Yes. For Pete's sake. (laughs) For Pete's sake. So, you know, it's it sounds simple, but I think our life pace yes. and the mindlessness of our pace is what has us fail. Well, and that's it, why I have a job. Right. <laughs> because I can create yes. the space. Well, in the expectations we have of ourselves, right? Well, so, I mean, I, I my schedule is I work out in the morning. And if I don't, then it's probably a very high possibility that I won't work out that day. Mm. You know, even because like, you're right, to to leave in the middle of the day and come back to work feels weird. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, by the time I leave the store, um, there's dinner and there's also, you know, and I I go home, there's just stuff to do. Yeah. Um, So I I can imagine it's hard to kind of, if that that all of a sudden didn't work for me, I think I'd be (laughs) a little bit lost too. It is. And then, and there's such a concreteness too. Well, like, well, what does exercise look like? Does it have to be at the gym? Does it have to be? And, you know, COVID helped us with that. Yes. Right. COVID, COVID, you know, there was a blessing there. You have to get creative. You have to get creative. So actually it's funny. I started working out in my driveway during COVID and last, not, 2021, but 2020 Memorial Day, uh, some of the girls in my neighborhood were like, you just look like you're having so much fun out there. And I'm like, well, come on. And so they sure enough joined me. And we made that like our two times a week workout during COVID, you know, keeping our distance in the driveway. Um, And then when the gym opened back up, I went back to the gym. They kept doing it. Yeah. Which was great. Yes. Actually, we did that in my neighborhood, too. I had three other women, mm-hmm. three or four, depending on who showed up. But yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was it was wonderful. It was wonderful. So, but the concreteness of I have to go to uh, CrossFit Hickory. Yes. And I have, you know, I used to spend a couple hours there, like two, three hours. So much fun. So nice. <laughs> so nice. And I don't do that anymore. Um, but to get out of my... I go there and it's my sanctuary and I spend this amount of time and I lift that amount of weight and I do that amount of like cardio, I guess you call it metabolic training, um, into, no, Amy, 
you can go and you can hit it for 20 minutes and then you can leave and it's okay. Getting out of that concreteness, what yes. time of day it has to happen, what kind of clothes do I have to have? Right. What kind of things, maybe you forget your gym bag. Yes. You forget your gym bag, you know, you might blow your exercise, but not if you have backup plan. Right. Yep. Have extra clothes in your car. Or yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do it in your work clothes. What can you do in your skirt and heel? You know, yeah. not skirt and heels, but you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, yes, there's ways to get around that. And if you have them pre-planned, you're more likely to succeed. So that is like the very um, structured, mm-hmm. organized stuff that I love to do. Right. And I get to do that and I get to be with people. And So what, what are some typical things that people will call you and say, okay, health coach, I need this. Like what? <laughs> Fun fact. Um, they almost always call me for one of three things. They say, I need to lose weight. They say, I need to change my nutrition. Or they say, I need to exercise. Yes. And they almost never start with that. Because when we really start to dig at what really lights them up and um, where their commitments really lie. So we're looking at your total vision for your life, your values, who do you want to be for your husband or wife? Who do you want to be for your children or your pets? Who do you want to be for um, your workplace, for your grandchildren? Like really the, the bird's eye view of who they are and what they really value. Um, that 25 pounds can sometimes be uh, insignificant. Mm-hmm. So even though we're working on the 25 pounds, they may see something for themselves in, you know what, actually, I got to work on my mindset. I got to work on that it's okay to give self-care to me. I had one client recently, um, she came to me for weight loss. And the first thing she did was create a nighttime routine for herself. Because within the first session or two, she identified that you know, that all those habits that she knew to have were never going to happen if she kept waking up the way she was waking up. Mm-hmm. And so she created a nighttime routine. And after we like, you know, same thing, we did the routine, what happened? We tweaked the routine, what happened? You know, um, then she created a morning routine. And after about, honestly, it took us about four or five weeks and she had created a, a nighttime routine and a morning routine. She was losing weight during that. Right. We hadn't even talked about nutrition or exercise. <laughs> but getting her planning right yes. at night allowed her to eat fast food less, allowed her to pack her lunch less, allowed her to be ready and feel like getting up in the morning and working out or going on a walk. Yeah. Well, so, and I think sleep deprivation is just so... Don't do, get me started. Right? This will be a longer podcast. <laughs> right. There's so many repercussions. Yes. I mean, I'm always hungrier if I don't get... Oh, gosh. I feel hungry. I don't and the back. sweets. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So just, just in creating a nighttime routine for her probably... Yeah, it was huge. The, yeah, it was a... And I didn't make that up. Right. Because actually when she created that, truth be told, if I were just being honest... Um, I didn't want her to do that. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> that is uh, one thing that I had to have a lot of training on was that when I do listen, you know, I have to manage all that. Yep. You know, I do have a background as a CrossFit trainer and a nurse practitioner and a mom and, a, you know, you know, I've been in health 
since 95. I've been a group exercise instructor since I was 16. So like, I've got a lot of knowledge in there. And it is valuable to people, but also uh, it's meaningless. Because when you come to a person and they tell you, well, you need to go keto. Well, you need to hit the gym. You really need to be doing some free weights. Well, you need to be, does that ever help? No, no, it never helps. It never helps. So with everything that I know, um, I have to monitor my arrogance level. That actually none of that is helpful to that person. That person knows themselves. They know their life. They know what they really love. And all I have to do is just be there anchoring them to those things. Right. And they can make it happen. If they need to know what macros are, I can tell them. Right. So back to what you said before is that that the people – that we are the experts of it. We have all of the tools. You do. Yep. And so for you to kind of throw different tools at them or different shoulds or different. Oh, um, I will never should on a person. Right. Don't ever should on a person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's not helpful to them. So what you, and in becoming a a health coach, what you are learning, have learned, and I think Mm -hmm. probably learn with each client in a different way, is that to to be with somebody is probably, to be with them genuinely. Mm. And hear them and see them. It's probably the thing that makes the most difference. I think that's the gift. Yeah. I think that's the gift. And I, I think there are other ways. I mean, like Noom is health coaching and it is effective. And from my understanding, I haven't used it, but but I've talked to a couple of health coaches who uh, worked there and it was like largely texting and stuff. And uh, that may be effective as um, promoting health, but that's not my jam. Mm-hmm. Like my jam is really very deeply connecting with people and having them see their own beauty and power. Yeah, that's my jam. That's your passion. It is. So oh gosh, it fills me you up. Talk about it. Mm-hmm. And you've you've found a way to do that. I I have, and so so it's exciting. And then if they need or want, yeah. hey Amy, you know I need to know how to sculpt my legs. Okay. Yep. You know I I, I can do that. And there are sometimes when. I'm listening to someone, you know, and the whole time I'm I'm managing, I'm self-managing all those ideas that come up, like, oh, they should do this, or they should do that, or what, what about this, or I should tell them to call. Well, and I'm I'm taking those ideas, and I'm like, okay, just put that aside. Mm-hmm. You put that on the bookcase. I mean, you don't have to, so I can stay focused with them. And every once in a while, I'll have something just sitting on my brain that is so glaring. Either they're doing something I know is unsafe or they're doing something um, that, like, they're floating around an idea, and I'm just hearing it so loudly, and I will ask permission. May I give you something? Yeah. Or, you know what, I've got this idea in my noggin, and it will not let me alone until I share it with you, and feel free not to take it. Every once in a while, I'll ask a request, and I always tell my clients that there's three answers to a request a yes, a no, or a counteroffer. So there's never anything that I ever tell. I don't ever tell anyone to do anything. Right. It's a, would you have that conversation with your husband and then text me that you've had it by 8 p.m.? Yes, I will. No, I won't. Or I'll counteroffer that I'll text you by 12 noon because I think that we'll probably go to bed early tonight. Okay, great. So they're in the driver's seat 
as they should be. And I'm just right beside them. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there are clients who have come to me and said, hey, I want you to build me out a diet program. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I don't do that. Now, if you want to sit down and really talk about your diet and like put this diet in, see how you feel, tweak it, put that diet in and let me uh, be beside you and your ally as you make those reflections, as you're mindful about your body, as you really look at the impact of, you know, eating all tomatoes one day. <laughs> then we, you know, we can do imagine. that. I know, right? <laughs> we can do that. But um, that is if, if anyone listening is looking for someone to tell them what to do, that is not a health coach. Okay, so th that was actually one of my questions. What kind of what kind of things do you say? You know what? That's not really. Yeah, that's not really what I do. That's not me. that's not my jam. So um, I work with all different kinds of people: people who have newly diagnosed um, medical issues, people who have acute injuries and they're trying to get back. Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking the other day that anytime your body is someone that you don't know anymore, it's a great time to work with a health coach. Um, you've just had a baby. You have turned 27 and you're post-college um, and you've been hitting the craft beers and your body's not acting the same way that it did when you were, you know, 23 mm -hmm. and graduating. Um, you have uh, hit menopause. Mm -hmm. um, I think for men, there are different stages in there. Yeah. You're hitting 50. Yeah. You know, you're in that midlife, what the hey, hey, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, things are changing. Oh, and yeah. I, like out of my control, changing. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. I think any time, or you've had a, um, uh, like I said, a chronic condition diagnosis. All those times are great times to get in with a health coach. And um, I don't think that's the only time. But I think particularly when you're struggling with knowing your new body. Mm-hmm. And it may be a transitional body. It may be like, while this shoulder is wackadoodle, right. I don't know what to do because I'm a swimmer right. and I'm going batshit crazy over here because I can't get in the pool. Right. Okay. Well, come on. <laughs> you know, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So that's who I work with. Who I don't love working with is people who only want content. Mm -hmm. If you only want content, that's a great time to go to a nutritionist, a dietitian, Google, yep. you know, go get a personal trainer. Right. You know, and I do actually do some personal training, um, but it's totally different than health coaching. Right. I wear different hats and I'm a different person mm -hmm. when we're personal training and when we're health coaching. Mm -hmm. So did I answer that? You did. Okay, good. Absolutely. Well, then I'll be still. <laughs> so... So one of the things you asked me is if I could, if I was comfortable bringing something in that I have trouble with or that, you know, and it's interesting because in thinking of it, um, I went more with the fluff, you know, I went more like the nutrition I'm constantly working on. I'm constantly, hmm. you know, changing things and, and seeing what works and seeing how it does. Not, and, and, and that's new to me. I mean, you know, I think. My, my, you know, I've always been active. I've always played sports and I've always worked out and that's, that's worked for me it, in, you know, it's kept my weight in balance and I've been fit enough that I'm able to kind of do what I'm asked, asked my body to do. So that has worked. And then, um, 
And then it wasn't so much. You know, I mean, I think it's a, that it hit menopause, you hit 50. Um, and so that's when I started getting really interested in, in nutrition and actually what I'm eating, what is that doing in my body? And so then I've, I've made some changes and I, I see a difference and I feel a difference. And so that's a long way of saying kind of that. While I'm sure there is tons of stuff I still need to learn and could learn from you, um, what I went to was the kind of the the bigger, more the, the things that have held me up in my life, which, um, you know, one has been asking for help, you know, and I think that's, um, I don't think I'm alone in this. I think it's very hard for a lot of people to ask for help, but I can think of certain instances in my life where I missed out on stuff because I was too afraid to ask for help Mm. because I felt shame, you know, like that I should know this. And if I open my mouth and let people know I don't know it, then I'm going to look really stupid or I'm going to look like an idiot. And then I will, I don't know, my fear was like being ostracized or people would, you know, not like me or not want to, whatever it is, it's kind of not fitting into the social Mm. structure. Um, So, so my, my, my guess is that is uh, you probably hit that with some clients. Um, I hit that a lot. Yeah. I hit that a lot, especially with my, well, it comes in different forms with my women clients. It's um, you a lot of times have to ask, like if you're the primary care provider for the children or for the parents, right? Right. Um, you have to ask for time off. <laughs> you know, when you have a three-year-old, it's 24-hour care, right? Yeah. So you have to ask for time off. So I, I get that side with my women folk, with my men folk. It's that um, strong sense of you have to provide, you have to work hard, you have to sort of like focus in on that work professional aspect. And it's the, I don't want to delegate out because I want to do it. Right. Because I'm the boss. And, and I should be doing it. Mm-hmm. Like the, right, the expectation yeah. is it should be me. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I bump up against that a lot, actually. And there are different ways of um, dealing with that. I think everybody deals with it differently. For me, there was a uh, – I've read a lot of Brene Brown. Me too. Girl, I love it all. Love <laughs> it all. To her podcast. I know. Mm. She's, she's incredible. And so she had a story in a book, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher it. And I, Brene, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, um, uh, but it was about her grandmother, and it was about allowing others to contribute to you. And for me, in that moment, I got the joy that I have contributing to other people. And that I do not allow them to have that joy because I won't ask them. Right. You don't, so, okay. So you don't allow them to contribute to you. So you don't give them that joy because, yeah. So you're robbing them of something. I'm robbing them of like one of the greatest joys that I have. And I'm being stingy about it. Yes. So when I really got that, that actually that capacity to help or serve or give you know, sort of unfair if I'm always the one giving 
And I'm not talking about the martyr in me because I can go martyr quick, man. <laughs> I can go martyr quick. My husband calls me on it instantly too. I'm like, All right. <laughs> oh, my martyr has been left unchecked. So it has just gone. Um, but when I uh, give to people all the time and I am the giver, like that doesn't let them grow right. their give. And it doesn't let them experience that you know, and how it feels to really make a difference in some, you know, like, I know I make a difference in people's lives. Right. And like, oh my gosh, that also keeps me straight, right? Hey, Amy Chang, you can't be hiding over there in your closet. Right. You're I don't care important. how you feel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get important. out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am important to the world. Yeah. And so are you. And so is everybody else. Right. And when I don't allow them to see that, I was not in service of anyone but me and making me look great. Exactly. So so what you're saying is that you, you help people kind of change that mindset. Yeah. To recognize that asking for help is actually a selfless mm-hmm. act. Yeah. And it is it is allowing somebody else to, to give to you um, and, and helping them feel like they've done something important. And they have. Yeah. And neurologically, like, right, we have to shift that. It's not just some, um, like, decision you're going to make in your head. Oh, I'm just going to ask for help now. No, you're not. No, you are not. It takes practice. It takes practice. Right. And so, like, talking through that and um, really going to that place of, like, okay, let's get specific. When in your life can you think of that you have not asked for help? That you should have. And you can answer this question and we'll go there or we can do theoretical. Either way is fine with me. Well, so, I mean, I think I'm going to, yeah. So, well, my my thought was um, that, yeah, you can think about it in the past, but I think also recognizing it in the present, (laughs) right? I think there's opportunities every day for me to ask for help um, or not. So when you look at that past event, you then look at the impact. Right. And you look at where your commitments lied. Yes. So when you look at, well, when I didn't ask my sweet boyfriend who would do anything for me to, um, well, you, okay, perfect example. Uh, it was Sunday morning. We were coming home from Hickory. Uh, from Wilmington. I had gone down to Wilmington to visit. And of course, we had had all kinds of craziness that weekend. And we were coming back and I'm an early riser. So I'm up. I am like a cat on hot tin roof, ready to get like, let's get, you know, Mm -hmm. puppy dog ready to go. And um, he's a late sleeper. So here I am wringing my hands about what we got to do and what we got to do good and get home and we got to and um, what there was for me to do was to express to him, hey, I'm really feeling anxious, and we've got a lot to do, and also I'm bored. (laughs) (laughs) Please entertain me. (laughs) Um, And the impact of me not doing that was my own growing resentment. Yes. And my making up stories about – Oh, you could pick it. I'm just going to go theoretical here because this is not actually what happened. But um, you can make up that morning people do this. So if you're a morning person, you know, 
uh, well, that person is lazy. They're not getting up and seizing the day. I'm doing all the work. Blah, you know, that it slips into the martyrdom. Yep. Everything is right there. Why do I always have to be in charge? Why do I always have to be leading the ship? Why am I always, you know, it's right there. Yep. And then the impact of that on your relationship with that person and on how you are to them when they wake up. Right. Because bless their sweet little hearts, they're just rolling up. (laughs) (laughs) They're rolling up out of bed. You're pissed off. (laughs) Like, what what did I do while I was sleeping? Yes. You know, and so there's that whole impact. And when you look at your past event, a specific past event, you can not only look at that impact, the impact it had on that person, the impact it had on your relationship, the impact it had on you, but you can also look at your commitment. So my commitment was, you know, not saying anything, holding it in, not wanting to look like a, especially if you're a woman, not wanting to look demanding, not wanting to look high maintenance, wanting to be cool and laid back. All the while, I'm over here bowling. So when you really get the impact and where your commitment is, and you can turn around and say, hey, are you committed to being quiet and resentment? And, you know. So, right. So then I think the the other piece of that is – their reaction, right? So if, mm-hmm. if we take this scenario, you know, you can wake them up and say, hey, you know, like, let's get moving and they can bite your head off. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you also have to be prepared for that. Like, why are your needs more important than my needs? Mm-hmm. If I need to sleep, mm-hmm. you know, and so then also have the skills or have the plan yes. to negotiate that. And sometimes that honestly, like we do that in health coaching session. Sometimes we mock conversations. How are you going to have that conversation with that person? Yep. And then it's just building the the baby deer leg of, okay, now the next time that happens, you're going to recognize it. You're going to have a plan for it. Yep. And we don't know what's going to happen. It's just another data set. We did this. This happened. Right. Yeah. And you got to be willing to mess it up. Yes. And to clean it up. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Mess it up and clean it up. Right. And so also within this scenario, you have a choice, right? So when you are feeling anxious, and I'm very similar to you. I get up early and I like – and in fact, I actually like the house quiet. I like it when everyone's (laughs) still sleeping unless there's something that I feel like (laughs) – We got to go. We got to get the – doing. (laughs) The shoulds. Oh, I can should on some people. I really shouldn't, but I should. (laughs) I do should. Um but so, but then, it, like, I have the choice to change my mindset in the morning, mm-hmm. you know? And so I get a choice to wake them up. I have a mm-hmm. choice to sit with those negative feelings, or I have a choice to say, you know what? He's sleeping. He's got a right to sleep mm-hmm. as much as I have a right to be up. Um, and how do I want to manage that? Yeah. Have my, those feelings myself. So, even, like, not even bringing him into. No. And you can take situation. responsibility. But like, wow, I didn't communicate last night. Hey, we need to be rocking and rolling by 10. You know, or or could you please take me to breakfast at 830 (laughs) so we can pop out of town? You know, and really looking at, you know, and and like I said, there's like 80 billion different actions you can take. Um, And having a coach just helps you. Which one do you want to try first. Right. It's not you're going to try this and it's going to work. Right. Which one do you want to try first and then keep 
trying and then keep trying and keep tweaking. And eventually you're, for me, learning to use my voice and ask for help, even if there are consequences that I don't enjoy, is a win every time I use my voice. It's a win, and I don't always get it right. Right. And thankfully, my boyfriend is like a saint. So most of the time, if I don't get it right, we, you know, can have more conversation about well, that. Right. And I can clean I mean, it I up. I imagine you are, yeah, that you you recognize what's happening and you talk about it. You know, and that's, yeah, that's sometimes. just <laughs> sometimes. And maybe sometimes. after the fact, like yeah. after it's all kind of. Sometimes I have to go into timeout and <laughs> come back when I can use my nice voice. <laughs> but yes, yeah, it really is. Like I think we all have that big overarching theme that sort of um, seeps into all the things of our life. And it may be, I don't speak up for myself. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I belong. I feel like I have to fit in. I have, you know, that overarching. And some of the work that I do with people is just recognizing that overarching. Again, we're not going to go back into the past and right. like heal it up. They might do that on their own. Right. But we are going to look at patterns and make new plans for those patterns. And at the very least, we're changing their neurologic pathways so that you're just not blindly going that same rut again of I'm just going to be quiet and I'm just going to do all the work and I'm just blah, 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 mm-hmm. martyr. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. No. Let's just try something. Right. Right. So, what? Well, it sounds amazing what you give to your clients and what – you know, ultimately they give back to you as well, mm. you know, and I think that's the beauty of it is that it's the recognition um, that the relationship between people and feeling heard and validated and appreciated is so important. And that's ultimately, you know, it sounds like what your gift is mm. and what you're passionate about and what, and what you do. So how can people find you? How do how can they learn more about you? How can they learn more about what you do? And how can they contact you if they want some health coaching? Well, uh, I have a Facebook page. We'll put the links in the notes. Yeah. Um, Facebook page, website. Um, I'm on Say a. That. Say what do you oh. know? Yeah. Just so in case people don't feel like looking at the notes, can you? Let's see. I think well, it's called Healthy Living Coaching. Okay. On Facebook, and I believe that's Facebook. Uh, at find your power with healthy living coaching it's got a, it's a circle with a little blue h and um you can find more out about me by going to healthylivinghickory.com slash coaching okay um and there's also a web page amychaincoaching.com okay so all three of those sources are great we are actually toying with I think about to launch maybe I want to do some research on actually what people want but I'm looking at starting maybe a hybrid coaching and training group for Uh school moms who are like we are getting them back to school and right after Labor Day we are turning it on that's a great idea and we are taking care of ourselves and so in that they get actually 15 sessions 
eight sessions are coaching. Seven sessions are um, with a tremendous trainer, friend of mine, whose name is Taylor Keys, and she'll be doing the training. So we'll be doing coaching and personal training. So at the end of that, they have had their mindset transformation. They are fully invested in their self-care, and they found what exercise works for them. So it's not a program where you come and we train you. Right. It's a program where you come and you get coached up and you tell us, I really want to um, hike. I really want to be able to pick up the laundry basket easier. And we take that into the gym and give you specific exercises and movements and fun. Like, come on, let's create some fun. Yeah. And at the end of that, you're like, oh, yeah, I joined the CrossFit or I go kayaking now every Saturday or I went to a Zumba class and it was a block, you know, so that you have your thing that you love and you're lit up and like happy. And then we'll cut that off. Like, I think right before December, I think so really the whole fall. So how do people sign up for that? Um. If well, first, I'm going to see if people want to do that. Okay. Uh, it's sort of a new thing for me. I've done it once with a hybrid of coaching and training, uh-huh. and I really kind of like it. So, um, but I want to see first if that's what our community wants. Like, what does our community want? Like, school mothers of America, <laughs> you know, speak up. Yeah. What yeah. is it? How can we get, like, shake off the COVID? Yeah. Yes. Put down the wine glass yep. and, you know, really create some health. Mm-hmm. So, but I, but I, I believe that will launch if, if we, if that's what our community is calling for, we'll launch that program on September. I want to say 15th. Okay. Because so it's right after Labor Day. Website, they can, if they can yeah. If they watch my Facebook page, they'll start seeing that a lot. Okay. And first of all, I want to find out what they want and then make that happen. Sounds Um, wonderful. So on all of your contact information, it's on your mm -hmm. website, Amy Chang Coaching. AmyChangCoaching.com. All right. Thank you so much for coming in. This was wonderful. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure being with you, Franny. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.